On this week's episode of Southern Search, the tables have turned. Greg Gifford rejoins the broadcast, but not as a guest this time. On this episode, Greg is going to ask the questions and I'm going to answer them. We'll dive into how Search Lab got started. I'll tell some stories about how we assembled a killer leadership team, and you'll learn a little bit about what I do when I'm not hosting a podcast. This is a big episode for another reason, too. Susan Search started out being broadcast from the pubs and tap rooms of Chicago. After two years and more than 100 episodes of filming the show over video calls, this is our first show back in person. One of my favorite breweries in Chicago, Old Irving Brewing, was kind enough to open their doors to us. It was incredibly exciting to be back in person and a little bit terrifying to be the interviewee. Grab something cold to drink and join me for a special episode of Sudden Search. I'll answer questions about why having kids may be a better marketer and entrepreneur. I'll spend a little time talking about our first appearance on the Inc. 5000 list. And I'll tell the story of how I met Greg Gifford for the first time. So, hey, we're turning the tables today. It's time that you be a guest on your own show. And you have no idea what's coming. So right. I like that you trust me enough to sit in the hot seat. I, I feel like I'm in the hot seat. So I'm, let's see where this goes. I'm glad I have a beer in case. Uh, see how much goes. I can make you sweat today. <laughs> I love it. So uh, Search Lab just won the Inc. 5000 mm-hmm. for the first time. Yep. That's a pretty big achievement. Tell us a little bit about that. So yeah, I'm really excited about it. It's been, um, yeah, it's, it's something that a lot of entrepreneurs aspire to get on, and it means that we're one of the 5,000 fastest growing businesses in the United States. We were the 2,720th fastest growing, but who's counting? Um, and I'm really excited. It's, it's a, it really was like uh, the culmination of a lot of teamwork. So we've had, we have a great team here. Um, our salespeople did an amazing job selling work. Our fulfillment people did an amazing job keeping our clients happy. Our leadership team, including you, especially, especially you, have done an amazing job just like leading this team to this accomplishment. So, you know, in five years, we've grown this thing, you know, to one of the fastest growing businesses in the entire United States. I have to pinch myself sometimes to be like, this is wild. And we've had, you know, we've had a lot of this sort of like awards, a lot of these awards come out of the woodwork where, you know, when Microsoft said we were an emerging global partner of the year, when the U.S. Search Award says, that we're going to win two awards, and when we're shortlisted for this year's U.S. Search Awards, it's really gratifying because we put in a lot of hours, we work really hard, and our team dedicates themselves to our clients. And so, getting on that list was uh, was really gratifying. Fun little side story. Hopefully, in editing, we can cut back to when I just took a sip of that beer because we are recording all of these all at once, and I had just been interviewed in the hot seat and I went to refill my beer so I didn't have an empty beer and they refilled it with something fruity. So the fruity beer does not mix well with the IPA and I'm sure (laughs) I just made a really weird face. So I won't be drinking. This is now a prop beer. Uh, So tell us how you got started in digital marketing. Like what in the beginning days, like pre-search lab, how'd you get your start? I love it. So I worked for a company called Local Launch, which in Chicago, you'll find a lot of people who got their start there. So Justin Singer, Brad Geddes, they were kind of the big uh, thought leaders at Local Launch at that time. And I went in and I thought I was interviewing for a sales job, to be honest with you. I didn't know anything about PPC or SEO or anything at that time. And it was like a weird, weird sort of an interview where I thought I was going to be trying to sell myself on being a good salesperson. I learned uh, very quickly that this was something I could do well and I was really interested in it. And... Um, at that job, I learned a ton. So, like, in, this is like 2007. So, so you were like 12. 
Yeah, <laughs> so I was, yeah, I was pretty young and that I learned everything, like all the foundation stuff was really good. I learned it there and I went from PBC, I got promoted six months later to like premium services, which were like basically small businesses that could spend a little bit more money. Um, in premium services, I learned SEO and got cross-trained. I got promoted once more to manager, so I got manager experience there. So I learned how to like lead a team and stuff like that. And that was all in 18 months. And then the recession hit. So this is like 2007. We were owned by the Arch Donnelly who makes the yellow pages. So the day I started, Arch Donnelly stock was like $80 a share. And the day I left, it was 39 cents a share. Ooh, that's and so they were like a, a, a casualty of it. And so uh, from there, I was off. And so I, I started in a different agency, basically out of that premium services group with two other people that went well for about eight years and then uh, started Searchlight. So that would be my next question. At that point, you decided to go out on your own and start Search Lab. Yeah. Tell us a little bit about that decision and how you actually went and said, okay, I'm leaving, and what did you do to start Search Lab? Yeah, so a weird amount of things that have happened in my career have to do with my kids. And that one really was important. So I started, so I went from local launch to evolving where we I started that with a couple other people that went really well for a period of time and then once i had my daughter i got really really like uneasy i wanted to like grow i wanted to like have a lot of uh like a big agency i wanted to like have some more financial security in my life and um it just wasn't going to happen there not that there was anything wrong with the people who were there but it just wasn't wasn't working out and a lot of conflict started to happen at that point so then my wife got pregnant with my son our second kid and i was like i I've got to take my destiny, like control of my own destiny here. And so I literally went in, gave notice at that job that I was leaving, went home and my wife had my son the same night. So I gave notice and had a second child in 24 hours. Um, and so a lot of it had to do with just like, I was a young dad at that time. I wanted more for my kids than I had. And I wanted them to like, They'd be like be a good provider and stuff like that and the way it was going in my work was just like it was it was kind of stalling out and so with search lab i felt like i had a fresh start i was in control of my own destiny and we were off and running and if it's not too sensitive a question you want to explain the name search lab to us sure so i i think naming businesses is really hard um <laughs> like bounced around a zillion ideas but basically uh I ended up naming it after what I do and the breed of dog I had. And so Murphy was my dog. She recently passed away, which is why I'm uh, getting a little emotional about it, to be honest with you. But uh, that, was, that was the namesake. And one other guy who I started it with, he also had a Labrador. So we were, we were all about just like, you know, make it. And then we made it kind of like a double entendre with the science lab with it as well. So if you see in our logo, you'll see like a dog in there. That's an homage to my former dog yeah and uh in those early days a big part of search lab was actually creating websites and hosting yeah. websites so tell us a little bit about that and how it evolved away from that yeah i this is a, there's like a good business lesson here if you'll if you'll hang in there so early on we were broke like we didn't have money right so <laughs> Oh, well. So we, we were we were doing anything and everything to get revenue. So I would do social media marketing. I would make websites, as you said. We'd host them. 
I had a client who said, Mark, if I asked you to retile my roof, you'd say yes, because you needed, we needed money. And so we did a lot of things and not that many of them at a really high level. You know, like we were kind of like, the website stuff in particular was like, a, like really what I wanted was your SEO business or your PBC business. I made you a website so that when that was done, you would become my SEO client, right? Like that was where my passion line. What we really realized was what we, if I, I start to analyze what were the projects that went well and that we were passionate about and the clients we like to work with, they were all local SEO clients and they were all like small business PBC clients. So we got more focused on that. I brought you on board, got even more focused and got better at systems and processes by a mile uh, when you came on board. Not to mention like there's a bunch of clients that come with, with you coming on board. But really the interesting thing was as we got, as we went from doing like everything, like we're not retiling roofs anymore, we got more focused, we grew faster because the, the things that we did, we did at a really, really high level. Uh, we started to develop a reputation for doing like, I think, you know, even within niches like automotive, we really are known for being like elite. And so the more focused we got, the faster we grew, the bigger we grew. Kind of so you mentioned hiring me. There's kind of a fun story behind yeah. how all that happened. And we talked about it when I was a guest on Suds and Search, but that was a while back. And now there's a lot more people that watch either the video or listen to the podcast. So let's revisit that, kind of walk through yeah. the steps of how that all came about. Yeah. So I mentioned kids are really important to, in many parts of my professional journey. My, I had a third child. So my daughter, Annie, was a baby when I met you. So she was. it was my turn to get up with her. She's been like, crying and up all night so i got up and uh was giving her a bottle and had her most of the way back to sleep and i started scrolling through twitter and i saw on uh what's her name's i I saw on twitter that you were looking for a job and i knew you by reputation we had not really met i don't we had never met before that and i just for whatever reason in the middle of the night felt like going like why not we would kind of like needed needed to hit the next level. We'd done really well. We were a good story here in Chicago, but we weren't like, you know, we weren't a great national story that we, we've become. And so I reached out to you. Uh, the first conversation was fine. It was like getting to know each other and all that kind of usual stuff that happens. But there was something important. I was speaking at State of Search and you were keynoting State of Search. So we agreed to meet. We had a cheeseburger and like kind of from that moment on, I liked talking to you in that meeting and we haven't stopped, I don't think since. Like yeah. it's, just been, it's just been steady like the same kind of intensity thing that you brought into that meeting, like we've been steady collaborating ever since. Yeah, it really clicked and oh, my questions disappeared, hang on. <laughs> um, okay, so when this airs, this question will make a little more sense okay. because it's airing middle to end of September. Okay. So now you sort of have developed a little bit of a reputation or a pattern of hiring awesome people for the leadership team who were past guests yeah. on the show. Yeah, Tell true. us a little bit about how uh, that, that happened a couple times. So, yeah, so there are two people who we've gotten. So one of the biggest ROIs I've gotten out of the show is hiring people. Um, I was supposed to, to interview Mark Urban in, I want to say it was like spring of, 20, spring of 2020. At that time, Mark had been on an amazing run at WordStream. He was... Uh, number one on, he was the number one most influential person in the world on PBC Heroes list. And he was Microsoft's North American personality of the year or something like that. There's one other one. He's like, I was too, one shy of the triple crown. 
but he was like as big a deal in PBC as there was at that time. Uh, moments before I was supposed to interview him, I got word that he like Wordstream did a bunch of layoffs and that he was looking for a job. And so I was like, I don't know if he's even going to come on. Like he was a little late. I was like getting pretty discouraged. I was looking forward to that interview. Turns out he came on. I thought he was hilariously funny. Um, I thought he was super smart. Even before that, I thought he was my favorite PBC blogger. Same kind of thing. After I interviewed him, I couldn't go to sleep. I was like, we should hire him. And I and yeah, you were texting yeah, me at like text, two in the yeah. morning about it. And we're talking so, about it. And I'm like, yeah, it'd be really cool. There's no way it's <laughs> yeah, going to happen. No way it's going to happen. So like I was like, you got to believe me. Like, I think this guy would be perfect for our team and like be the perfect PBC leader for us. And then you actually watched the episode and you were like, he had some quote about taking something small and making it something big. And you were like, oh, I actually think this could work out really well. We talked to Mark, prolonged like negotiation. He came on board. Our PBC department's grown 100% like every year he's been with us. It's now like a very meaningful uh, department with a lot of employees and we're delivering really good services. So I'm excited. More recently, uh, we brought over Dane Seville from... Uh, from he's in automotive he's a big name in, in automotive seo and he's going to be our director of seo i interviewed him uh a while ago and i was like man this guy's got the gift for the gab like i think he could sell ice to an eskimo like he would be awesome to have on board it just so happened that he was looking at the time that we we needed somebody and so now we've got like a bunch of stage personalities uh some real industry expertise and in not just automotive local seo generally and we've got, I think, the top. I think we got the, like, the top minds in, in the industry. And let's talk a little bit about the growth rate here at Search Lab. So I started in December of 2019, a couple weeks before Christmas, right. and there were nine people, including me. There were eight people there when I started. So not that I was number nine employee of all time, but I made the group be nine people. And as of today, when we're filming this two and a half years later, we're at 46 employees, yep. which that's pretty crazy growth. So pretty crazy growth. let's talk about that a little bit. Yeah. And I mean, to me, that's the most fun part. I think it's, uh, you'll, okay. Let me try something on you because you're a fan of movies. You've seen the movie heat, right? Yeah. There's a, there's a part in that movie that always clicked with me where Tom Sizemore's character there's a decision to be made. They know the heat is on them. El Pacino's coming to get them and they all stand there and Robert De Niro goes, everybody's got to make a decision. Are you going to go on this bank heist with me or not? Right now, flat. Bill Kilmer goes first and he goes, I need the juice. I'm broke. Like, the bank is worth it for me. And Tom Sizemore goes to Robert De Niro, I'll do whatever you say. And he goes, not on this one. You got to make up your own mind. And Tom Sizemore says, to me, the action is the juice. Do you remember this scene? Yeah. To me, the fun part about this is the growth. I love making relationships. And so to have a big team was something I always wanted. You know, I, like, I want to get rich, but it's stupid. Like, really for me, it was about like getting to make an impact in as many people's lives as I could, my clients and my employees. And so the whole currency of this is if we can have a big team, if we can impact lives, give people jobs and help them do really, really gratifying work, that's the whole name of the game for me. And we have a pretty unique situation with our leadership team. Yep. Uh, we were talking about it a week or two ago, and, and Don said that this is basically a unicorn situation, and he doesn't even want to retire 
because he doesn't want to leave this because it's not something you find. So give us a little insight into your point of view on the kind of strange, unique situation we have with our leadership team. Yeah, it's, it's a bunch of people from all over the country who are uniquely meant to work together, I think. So literally we could have, none of us live in the same place, unfortunately. Uh, there's this really healthy amount of like trust. There's a really healthy amount of trust within everybody where we can have hard arguments. Like sometimes you got to talk about stuff that has nothing to do with local SEO or PBC. It's like we're talking about HR or we're talking about finances or something like that. Um, you need to be able to trust the people to get in a foxhole with. You also need really smart people. You need really committed people. You need people who this isn't just like a paycheck working for the weekend kind of people. All of us just have poured ourselves into it. It is a unique situation. It won't happen again. Like, you know, I think to me, Don Ramsey, who you mentioned is the best salesperson of digital media, digital marketing services on earth. Uh, you know, Tim is this MacGyver type person. He's the, the old person on our website. Thanks to you. You know, you are the ultimate like COO builder of systems and processes that kind of fills in a lot of gaps that I have as a leader. Did you guys hear that? He said COO. You heard it here first. <laughs> uh, but like a lot of that stuff, I, I'm not, I, I can have like a big vision. I can set goals. I can do things like that. But like if I explain a process, I'll be, it has 10 steps or something like that. I'll be like step one, step four, step eight, step 10, go ahead and get it. And you're always very good about being like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Like that's not a process. Like you got to iron these things out. And so the working relationship with everybody has been extraordinary. It's been awesome. And let's talk a little bit about, this isn't on my list, but it, it made me think as we were talking about all the noise in the background. I mean, as we were talking <laughs> about uh, uh, hiring, I think something that really helped us dial in on hiring the right people that are all gonna row in the same direction, that all have that excitement and are the right people in the right seat on the bus was when we started using Culture Index. Right. So. You're, you're really big into EO, so let's talk a little bit about how you're really involved in EO and how that's influenced things, and then how that led you to discovering Culture Index and how we got into that. So, I'm glad you brought it up. So one of the things that happened, I think this was at the end of 2020, uh, we had a leadership meeting. The leadership team challenged me in particular to get out of the day-to-day -day work of working with clients, of the minutia of client work. I was kind of screwing things up, if I'm being honest. Like, my involvement was not helping. And so I doubled down on my involvement in a group called EO, the Entrepreneurs Organization here in Chicago. I participated on the board there. And it really allowed me to like level up my skills on, on being a leader, on being an entrepreneur, and what it was supposed to be about. There's basically like three main things that helped me run this business. One is EO, one is EOS, which is like uh, Traction, the book that helps us have a process for meetings and goal setting and a zillion other things. Um, and then the third one is Culture Index. So Culture Index was a more recent thing that I had heard about through EO. And what it allows you to do is say like, everybody has different strengths and weaknesses. What I wanna do is create a, a culture where people are in a seat that they're gonna thrive in. And so based on their own behavioral traits, they, they can be in the right seat. And it also gives me a lot of lens into how to communicate with that person. So like, I'm gonna treat everybody fairly, but I'm not gonna treat anybody the same because they're gonna have different culture index pattern. So if I talk to you, I'm gonna to talk to you different than I'm gonna to talk to Tim, as I'm gonna to talk to Carol Ann, and I'm gonna to talk to Mark, like anybody on our leadership team, I'm gonna treat them differently because they have different behavioral patterns. So culture index gives you a glimpse into how that person likes to work, um, what sort of like 
tra behavioral traits they have, and then it allows me to kind of like use my emotional intelligence or whatever, my persuasive abilities to really get the most out of that employee. So it's like, it's been a game changer for me. But really those three things, EO, EOS, and Culture Index are the three systems I really lean on the most. And I think one of, one of my favorite stories related to Search Lab, and this is really me not asking you a question, but <laughs> relaying a story to everyone watching. Uh, Don and I used to work together at Dealeron for years and we really clicked there. And so when we were looking to hire a new salesperson here, I'm like, well, it'd be great if we could get Don. And I asked Don to come interview and he later told us the only reason he took that interview was because he and I were friends and he didn't want to tell me no, but he flew to Chicago and I don't remember why I was here, but I was here right. and he flew to Chicago. We were at the old office and he came to do the interview and we both talked to him briefly, but then he went and sat in the back with you and you guys were back there forever. Yeah. And he later said he expected to be in and out in a half hour and he actually changed his flight so that he could stay longer. And he called his wife and was like, I changed my flight. And she knew immediately. And he has said a million times over, he fully expected not to take this right. job until he talked to you. And then he knew he had to work here. And that was the same experience I had. That was the same experience right. Mark Irvin had. Right. So I think that says a lot about you as a leader, caring more about the team and the social and giving back to people than you're just here to make a quick buck. Right, I mean, it's, it's like, it's a weird talent I have, but like if you think about it, like where you were in your career when you came on as a ninth employee in this company, you could you had a lot of options. Like you could have gone to a lot of different places. It's it's been really I've been fortunate and hopefully good enough to my people to like people have taken those kinds of chances on Search Lab. Don was a big one. Like Don, uh, we wanted to get him on board, and like you said, it was like I started talking to him, and I haven't stopped same as you. Like I have not stopped talking to him almost every single day since. You know, we we just we just clicked right away, and it's been awesome. Like, I think you know, it's it's a little bit of lucky, it's a little bit of luck, and a little bit of hopefully I'm doing a good job of like making a culture where people are attracted to it. Speaking of that, yep. let's talk a little bit about the general culture. We've talked a lot about the leadership team, but we have a really cool culture yep. with now a lot of remote employees. Because when I first yep. started, everybody was in Chicago except me. And we had that vision of let's start a Dallas office three or four years down the road. And then COVID hit and I could not work at home. <laughs> I love my wife, but my kids <laughs> that I could not work at home. So yep. then we got me a little office and then we started hiring some people in yep. Dallas. And then we had the Dallas office. And then we really realized at that point, hey, I guess we can and sort of need to hire a remote. And now we've got people all over, yet we still have a really cool culture with the team. So yeah. let's talk about that a little bit. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's something I work on a lot and think about a lot. And so you, you set this question up perfectly. Like, basically, we had a really strong culture of in-office workers, both in Dallas and in, in Chicago, before COVID hit. Then COVID happens. It was like a total challenge for me as like sort of somebody who wants to make a good culture for people to figure this out because so many of those things that you work on are about like the conversation before the meeting starts or like you notice somebody's kind of hanging their head in the meeting like come talk to me afterwards like that's all out the window now like Zoom you can't pick up on those little things and so what we really try to do is like okay let's name our core values hire people who fit those core values literally fire people who don't fit them. I'm, I mean, I'm not trying to cast aspersions, but like if they didn't fit, they had to go because if we want to have any kind of continuity in our team, 
everybody has to be aligned around some things. Yeah. And so if you're not aligned around like, if you're somebody like, it doesn't have a thirst for learning, like it's gonna be really hard for you to work here, let's move on, like for both of our sakes. Um, but we got, we got people aligned on, on core values and then really everything I look at, you know, for better or for worse, I'm like a relationships junkie. I have a lot of friends. I love, I was a football coach. I love, I just went out to eat with football players from three or four years ago who are now on to their professional life. Like, and so maintaining relationships is something I'm really, really passionate about. And I thought, okay, that's going to be my, my meal ticket. And so everything I look at decision wise in big picture is about cultivating a long-term mutually beneficial relationship. So if I'm going to hire you, if you're going to be my client, if you're going to be a vendor, networking friends of mine, I want it to be a long-term relationship that's for both of our benefit. So um, let's that reciprocity has been a huge, huge part of the culture. So now it's time for everybody's favorite segment of the show, <laughs> where yeah. Greg gives you a no-context yes. question to ask guests, except this time you're the guest. All right. So you get a no-context that is one word. Yes. Tomahawk. Oh, so... This is this is an important team bonding thing. Okay, uh, a, it's it's a vital piece it's a of vital, the company. It's a, actually, yeah, a very important team bonding thing. So, we work really, really hard and long hours. And one of the things we do every quarter, we get together as a leadership team, and meet for an all-day meeting once per year. That's two days of intense. You know, we're we're debating the future of the company. We're talking about hard issues, and it's it it it, it, it drains you. So afterwards, we always go to a really nice dinner. And it has become tradition for it to be at like one of those days, at least to be at a steakhouse where you and I can split a gigantic piece of meat, like a tomahawk ribeye. So like bigger than our head, bigger than our head. It's, it's, it's uh, not a good time to like go see the doctor right after that and see where my blood pressure's at. So uh, that's all the time we've got left for this week. So you know what that means. Put your hand on the screen right here. I'm just kidding. That's the other (laughs) video. So that's it for this week's episode where I'm the host for once and Mark's the guest. Next week, we're going to be back to Mark asking the questions to whoever's in the hot seat. So tune in next week for another episode of Suds and Search. Love it. Thanks, Greg.